Let's get into the Word. If you're new to Heritage Wednesday nights or just like Bible school, we just get into the Word and just break it down, stay in it over a period of time because, one, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. The Word also says, in all thy getting, good understanding. Right? Why? Because understanding is what produces results in your life. I just don't. I just don't want us as a church body to to maybe you know be able to quote scriptures, but yet not know how to apply them. Yeah. I, I want to. I want us to be a church that are doers of the word. But I found out a lot of times people aren't doers because they, there's no understanding. That's one of the big key key factors of why why there aren't doers is 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 really it comes down to a couple things. One is is they don't understand the importance. You know, if you're not going to be a doer, if you, if you don't understand the importance of, of what this word is about, right? And so when you have that understanding, you're able to apply things. You're able to walk things out and get results. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 8. And last week, uh, I talked about knowing him personally. And this week, I'm going to continue talking about what it takes to know him personally. And so we started in, uh, actually, Trey, the first week started here in Hebrews chapter 8. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. For the sake of time, let's just do verse, verse 10. We'll do 10 and 11. Let's do a quick review. It says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind, write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. So I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. Hallelujah. They'll be to me a people. Hallelujah. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest. All shall know me. Say that with me. All, all shall know me. What are we hearing here? We're hearing the heart of the Father. That He desires that all, say all, all. will know me. Not, not just the Jews. Not just a few select people. Not this, this just one denomination over here that's got everything right. No, all, all, he, his heart is all will know me. We know from the word that it says, I, I wish that none would perish. See, God, God wants all to know him. It, it, I, it's not just, well, I just, want, I just want the ministers to know me. I want all to know me. I, I want you to know him. My, my heart for you as a pastor is, I want you to know him. Where, where you just don't know about him, you, you, you don't have just someone's, someone's other, someone else's experience about him, but you know him for yourself. You, you know him personally. It's not just someone, well, well, that person, well, you just say, well, yeah, well, so-and-so, man, they walk with God. No, I want you to be able to say, you know what? I walk with God. That is your right. That is, that is your privilege as being his child. That is his desire for each one of us is that we would walk with him. That we would each know him on a, on a level that, 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 that the rest of the world would, would ha- just be hungry for. To know him. 
And some of the things we dealt with, we talked about how fellowship and how fellowship with God, faith and fellowship with God are inseparable. In order for you, us to walk in faith, there's got to be fellowship. To the length of your, to the, to the degree of your fellowship will be the degree of faith that you walk in and operate in. We saw Jesus walk with his father through fellowship. First Corinthians one nine. So we're called to fellowship. Second Corinthians six, 14 and 18 gives us God's desire is that we would fellowship with him. First John one, three says fellowship makes us distinguished. And first John five talks about fellowship produces confidence. And so those are the things, some of the things we dealt with. So now let's go to in some, some new ground. Let's go to Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. I'm going to try not to go too fast here. Second Peter chapter 3. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, thank you. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. Verse 10. I encourage you to actually read this whole chapter sometime. Make note of it and read the whole chapter. It's about Jesus coming soon. Verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will vanish with a thunderous crash, and the material elements of the universe will be dissolved with fire. I'm in the Amplified. And the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. Since all these things are thus... In the process of being dissolved, what kind of person ought each of you to be in the meanwhile? What kind of person ought you to be while we're waiting for Jesus to return? Wow. What kind of person ought each of you to be in meanwhile in consecrated and holy behavior, devout and godly qualities? While you wait, while you wait, while you wait... And earnestly long for, earnestly long for, and expect and hasten the coming of the day of the Lord. Are you earnestly longing for the Lord? Are you earnestly looking for the Lord to return? Hallelujah. So this is, how are are we living while we're waiting for his return? While you wait and earnestly long for and expect and hasten the coming day of God by reason of which the flaming heavens will be dissolved and the material elements of the universe will flare and melt with fire. Wow. How should we live while we're waiting for the day of the Lord? Let's go to Luke chapter 17. How should we live while we're waiting for Jesus' return. Now you can find this account in Matthew 24. And uh, we're going to we're gonna read it in the account in Luke chapter 17. Starting in verse 26. Just now with this thought. How should we live while we're waiting for the Lord to return? Alright. Verse 26 says. And as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the day of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Wow, that's pretty 
It's pretty harsh, isn't it? Now, how should we live while we're waiting? Now, now this message today, the, tonight, uh, maybe you can consider it an, an end time message. It is because, because how should we live? Now, now we can often look at, okay, well, this is what the world's going to be like. And, and we look at how it was in Lot's day. We, look at, we can look at Sodom and Gomorrah, and we can look at Noah, and we can see how it was in his day, where in, in Genesis, I believe it says that every imagination was evil continually. That's what it said in Noah's day before, before the flood. Every imagination was evil continually. And so often we focus on, yeah, we're living in that day right now. And I, and I, I mean, I agree we are. But you know what? I don't want to focus on the perversity of the world because, because how should I live? I, I, I don't need to, at this point for myself, need to focus on how bad the rest of the world is, right? I need to focus on how am I to live? So, so let's not look at how bad the world is in this scripture, right? But let's look at Noah. Let, let, let's, let's put ourselves because see, we, we are, we are, Noah is that type and shadow of the church that is going to be taken out of here, right? Lot is a, is an old Testament type and shadow of the new Testament church being taken up out of the rapture, Right? Right. So so I I don't want us tonight to focus on how bad the world is out there. But how are you and I to live within this world? How are we to live? It says so just as it was in the day of Noah, so will it be in the day of the son of man. How did Noah live? How did Noah live? We read this last week. It said that he had this testimony. He had this testimony that he walked with God. Amen. I bet, how should we live while we're waiting for the coming of the Lord? Walking with God. Amen. This is how you and I need to live. We need to walk with God. Noah walked with God. Walking with God. This was God's original intent from the very beginning. What kind of person ought we to be? One that's walking with God. Now, there's three mindsets or attitudes that can keep us from walking with God. I wrote that. I'm sure there's more than this, but these are the ones that I wrote down for tonight. Number one attitude, I don't need anyone. I'm self-sufficient. I'm my own person. Second attitude is you're so dependent on other people for happiness, joy, or your significance. So what are the third one is I can handle this. The attitude I can handle this. I'll pray only when it gets so hard. Now, these are three attitudes that can hinder you from walking with God. One is I don't need anyone. Number two, you're so dependent on other people for your happiness or I can handle this. I'll pray or I'll walk with God when it gets too hard. So in order to walk with God. We need to come to this place where our total reliance is upon him. Walking with God is about your total reliance upon him. For the sake of time, John chapter 5, verse 19, also in verse 30 says, I say unto you that the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father doing. I, the son can do nothing of himself. See, that's total reliance. That's total dependence. First Corinthians fifteen ten, Paul said, I labor more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God 
on me or in me. He also says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. So whether it's Paul's statements or we're looking at Jesus's statements, there was this total reliance upon the father. There was this total reliance upon the Godhead, a total reliance upon the grace of God, a total reliance upon the word of God, a total reliance upon the Holy Spirit, a total reliance. But yet there's this attitude. If we're not careful, even in the church, we can have this attitude is I got this. An attitude of, 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 of you waiting on me to make you happy. Your spouse doing everything they can do to make you happy. Your pastor doing everything for you is to make you happy. And we look to other people. We look to, we can look at our bosses. We can look to people. We can look to politicians. We can look to, we can look to so many different things to try to find our happiness. But what we have to settle in our hearts is if we're going to walk with God, our total dependence has to be upon him. Noah had to be totally dependent upon God. I mean, think about it here. God says it's going to rain. Now, for you and I, that might be a, 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 a concept that we can understand. But in Noah's day, it had never rained. You have to understand, up to, the, up to Noah's day, it had never rained before. You're like, say what? Yeah, it had never rained. If you look at Adam's day, in the garden, it said, it said the earth was watered from underneath. And, and so what happened, it says there was a firmament over the earth. There was a firmament. It was like a bubble over the earth. It was a perfect environment, perfect oxygen. Everything was a perfect environment. So what happened when that, because sin was so heavy in the earth, that, 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 that I believe that whole thing was, was, was brought down and the, and the floods that came had to do with the firmament that was protecting the earth was no longer there. So Noah had to, what, be totally dependent. You want me to build what? You want me to do what? You want me to build a boat? They didn't know what a boat was. Now think about it. If you give, you give the plans to, to, to a boat builder today, they would be like, this isn't going to float. I think in my understanding, it was almost like a, like a square, a rectangle, like a box, so to speak. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I mean, I'd have to do some more research, but it was pretty much, if you look at the angles, it has the measurements, it has everything in it. And it's like, man, you can't, a square can't float. You got to think it's got to be, you know, our mind, it has to be pointed in the end and it has to be this way or that way. No, it was, the thing was, is they had a totally dependent upon God. So how should we live while we're waiting for the coming of our Lord? Totally dependent upon him. Let's go to, where do I have you? Luke 17? Luke 17 still? Okay, all right, good. So let's, let's look at um, 18. Now remember the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse. And so all these, this communication that Jesus is having is all part of the same conversation, Okay. Yeah, let's start, last verse of verse chapter 17. And they answered and said unto him, where Lord? And he said to them, wheresoever the body is, hither will the eagles be gathered together. And then chapter 18 says, and he spake. So he's continuing, he's continuing in this conversation. All right. He says, and he spoke a parable unto them to this end 
that men ought always to pray and to not faint. Men ought always to pray and not faint. I could go off here and we could do a whole message on prayer right now. But what I want you to see tonight is what he, what he's saying to them. He goes, no matter what's going on, no matter what you're facing, no matter how dark it looks like in the world. See, cause he's talking about what it's going to be like in the end days, right? Jesus is talking and he's telling them what it's going to be like in the last days. And he tells them, he tells them this, that men all always to pray and not to faint. So what's he saying? No matter how you see what's going on in the world, don't let it shake you. But make sure your connection with heaven is the most important thing. Men are always to pray. Men are always to pray. What is that? That is dependence. Prayer is, is, is about your dependence on the strength of another. It's about your, your relationship, fellowship. Prayer is fellowship with another. So, so here he says, men are always to pray and not to faint. Then he goes on and tells them this parable about this woman that comes to the unjust judge and she had, said she kept coming and, and, and said, it said that she, he finally gave in because of her much importunity, meaning, you know, she's not going to stop. She's not going to stop. So, but let's pick this up in verse six. And the Lord said, hear what the unjudge just saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him? See, day and night to him. See, this is about relationship to him. It's not about begging God. But it's about your dependence on God. She was dependent upon that judge because she knew that that judge had the ability to change the circumstance. She knew that that judge was the only one that could avenge her. And so here, here he says this, hear what he says. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Verse eight, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, shall he find faith in the earth? Wait, the son of man does what? The son of man does what? You can say a little louder than that. The son of man does what? So this is talking about the last days. Jesus, what? Coming. And he goes, shall he find faith in the earth? So all this is having to do, it's all in line in connection with the last days and how we should live. And will he find faith in the earth? So what was faith in the earth that he's talking about? Faith came down to dependence and reliance upon God. True, real faith is total dependence upon God. It's total dependence on his word, no matter what your five physical senses tell you. So how should you live while we're waiting for the coming of the Son of Man? Total dependence on Him. Total dependence on Him. Now, He doesn't stop speaking here. He continues to talk. Verse 9 says, And He spoke this parable. So all this is in connection with, I believe, in the last days that Jesus is declaring. And He spoke this parable unto a certain which trusted, trusted in what? Trusted in them what? See, if you trust in yourself, then you're not trusting in him. Right? That the statement of, well, I don't need anyone. The, the statement of, I can do this or I got this. 
See, they that trusted in themselves. So, so here, here there have to be something that we have to be aware of as we're waiting for, while we're waiting for Jesus to return. And one is to not trust in ourselves. And he spoke a parable unto them, which trusted themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Now, he prayed, but you need to understand, just because you pray doesn't mean your prayer is effective. You know, I've been guilty of praying with myself. (laughs) And I think it was kind of more like begging. Wishing, hoping. So the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. And he said, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off. Now get this, and it says, and the publican. So now we're talking about the other person. And the publican standing afar off would not lift so much as eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalts himself shall be abased. And he that humble himself shall be exalted. Okay, so what, I want to, what do I want to deal with tonight? What is this about, Pastor Justin? What I want you to see is walking with God is about, is about one, living, walking by faith. But what is walking by faith? It's walking totally dependent upon Him. But what is being totally dependent upon Him? Walking in humility. Humility is a key to walking with God. And walking in humility is a key to victory and promotion in your life. Let's look at Micah chapter 6. Micah chapter 6. Hallelujah. Walking with God is about walking in humility. Thank you, Father, for your word. Oh, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at verse 7 of Micah chapter 6. Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee? What does the Lord require but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? What does the Lord desire? What does he desire? He, you know, it's not about bringing all these necessary natural things. Now, now it, within those three things that he has, you'll bring things. But it's not about, it's not about you making your own way. It's not about you bringing about breakthrough for yourself. Meaning, meaning the thing is, is, is you can do all those things and it not fix your situation. Thank you, Father. Amplified says, he has showed you a man what is good 
And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love kindness and mercy, and to humble yourself and walk humbly with your God? Walk humbly before you. This is what, this is, I love this. Oh man, what is good? He says, oh man, what is good? He pretty much, he says, you know what's good. You know what God desires. That you do justly, you love kindness and mercy, and to humble yourself and walk humbly with your God. This is what God desires. God's desire is that we walk humbly before him. So the key to walking with God is humility. And humility is a position that is totally dependent upon him. Now, let me, let me make a few statements here. Humility, actually, let's go, go to Zephaniah. Zephaniah. Go to Matthew and go left like three chapters, something like that. You're like, where? Zephaniah? Now, let me make a few statements here. Because religion, there's, religion has made humility or has done an injustice to humility. Let me tell you what humility is. Humility is not saying you're unworthy and you're no good. Humility is basically saying, God, I'm relying on you. Humility is not about degrading yourself, but humility is being open and teachable to receive from God. Humility is being open and teachable to receive from God. See, humility isn't saying, God, I'm just no good, I'm just unworthy, I'm just a worm, I'm a sinner, I failed you so many times. But you know, you still come through for me. Well, that's true. He still comes through for you, right? But it's not about putting yourself down. It's not, it's not degrading yourself. That, that, can, that can be more false humility. So, so here, I, I believe, let's, let's, let the, let's let the Bible interpret what humility really is. Let's look at verse... Let's look at verse 1. He says, collect your thoughts. I'm going to read the Amplified. It says, collect your thoughts. Yes, unbend yourselves in submission and see if there is no sense or shame or no consciousness of sin left in you, O shameless nation. The time for repentance is speeding by like chaff, whirling before the wind. Therefore, consider before God's decree brings forth the curse upon you, before the time to repent is gone, like the drifting of chaff before the fierce anger of the Lord comes upon you, yes, before the day of wrath of the Lord comes upon you. Now, anytime you see the day of wrath comes upon you, it's referring to the last days. So what he's saying here, he's saying, look, you need to repent because the time is short and you don't want to go to hell. So if, if you're not living for God, I want to encourage you, you need to repent and get right with Jesus. If you've been dabbling in, in, in sin and dabbling in other things, you don't need, you need to repent because there, there is a judgment coming on the house of God. There is judgment coming. You, we will all stand before a judgment seat one day. 
Right? So, so I'm not making light of, of that. I want you to understand because, because I want you to see that here it's a prophecy about the last days. Now let's look where humility comes in. So let me read the last part of that verse 2 in the Amplified. It says, Fierce anger of the Lord comes upon you. Yes, before the day of the wrath of the Lord comes upon you. Exclamation point. Then verse 3 tells us really what we need to do. Seek the Lord. So how should we live while we're waiting for the coming of the Lord? Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Inquire for Him. Inquire of Him. And require Him Require him as the foremost necessity of your life. That sounds like being dependent, right? All Now get this. All you humble of the land. So those that are going to seek the Lord... That, that, as I seek the Lord, that's going to say that I'm a humble of the land, right? Now, let's define the humble of the land. The humble of the land who have acted in compliance with his revealed will. So what is a person that's truly humble? A person that's humble is not someone that puts himself down. But true humility is when you act in compliance to the revealed will of God. What is the revealed will of God? The Word of God. Amen. See, so we, you know what true humility is? Is when we do the Word. Yes. You, you, true humility is when we're doers of the Word. Okay? It's not about how you think about yourself. But true humility is about seeking the Lord, requiring Him as a necessity. All ye humble of the land, and those humble of the land do what? It says they've kept his, they, uh, they have acted in compliance with his revealed will, have kept his commandments, seek righteousness, they seek humility. Wow. So this humility is a, is a pursuit. Inquire for them, require them as vital. So this righteousness is humility. You're seeking this and requiring it as vital. It may be, you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. That you may be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. I know this might be, might be heavy, but I, I want you to see that this is about walking with God. And humility is acting in compliance to His Word. It's bringing yourself under the Word and say, Father, I humble myself under Your Word. I bring myself under Your Word. Yeah, okay, what does Your Word say about that situation, Lord? I bring myself under that Word. You know what? And it says that when we seek him and we seek that humility and we seek that righteousness, it says that we're hidden. Wow. We're hidden. We're protected. You know, Noah was what? Hidden in the ark? Safe in the ark? Why? Because he was compliant to do God's word. He didn't say, you know, okay, God, I think there's another way to do it. Well, I think we need to build it this way. It would have sank. Well, I think we need to do this and we need to have, I need to let some of these other people get on. See, Moses couldn't even shut the door himself. God shut the door. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your word. Word, walking with God. This, this is, this is the, the level that he desires us to walk on. This is, this, this is the level of victorious living. Yes. Walking in humility and compliance to his word. Yes. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Humility, I believe, is one of the biggest reasons a lot of the children of Israel could not enter the promised land. The children of Israel kept looking back to Egypt because they were depending on Egypt. The children of Israel kept looking to Moses to meet their need. And they kept looking at themselves to make their own God. So anytime you put yourself in, in, I got this, or looking to someone else for your satisfaction or significance, or, 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 being, de- or being totally dependent on others, or depend- dependent on self, what you're doing is, is you're not being dependent on Him, and you're not being dependent on His Word, or the Holy Spirit that He sent. Now, I was praying over this, this today, and relying upon, I'm talking about relying upon God in and, and humility. I just thought of uh, the story in Exodus. Let's go to Exodus 16. Exodus 16. Thank you, Father, for the word. Say, thank God for the word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So look at verse 3. I'm not going to read all 36 verses here, but... (laughs) But verse 3 says, and the Amplified says, And said to them... Actually, verse 2 says, And the whole congregation of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Why did they murmur? Because they were looking to them for their provision. And looking to them and blaming them for why they are where they are. Verse 3 says, And said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots and we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from the heavens for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. Every day. On the sixth day, they shall prepare to bring in twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all Israel, at evening, you shall know that the Lord has brought you out from the land of Egypt. In the morning, you shall see the glory of the Lord. For he hears your murmuring against the Lord. For what are we that you murmur against us? Hallelujah. Verse 10, let's go to verse 13. Actually, verse 14. And when the dew had gone, behold, upon the face of the wilderness, there laid a fine, round, flake-like thing, a fine as a hoarfrost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said one to another, manna, meaning, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord had given you to eat. This is what the Lord had commanded. Let every man gather it as much as he will need, an omer for each person, According to the number of your persons, take it every man to his tent. The people did so and gathered some more, some less. When they measured it with an omer, he, he gathered it much, had nothing over. And he who gathered little had no lack. Each gathered according to his need. Moses led, said, let none of it be left until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some of them let it, all until, let it go until morning and it bred worms, became foul and it stank. And Moses was angry with them. They gathered it every morning. They gathered it every morning, each as much as he needed. For when the sun became hot, it melted. And on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread 
two omers for each person. All the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses. Hallelujah. And the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread. Verse 23. And he said to them, the Lord has said, tomorrow is a solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake and boil what you will bake and boil today. And all that remains over put aside for it will keep to morning. They laid it aside till morning as Moses told them, and it did not become foul, neither was it wormy. Moses said, eat that today, for today is the Sabbath. Verse 26, six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day shall be the Sabbath, and there shall be none. Now, what, why did I read all that? I wanted you to see is they were looking to Moses, they were looking to Egypt, and they were looking to themselves. But God said, you know what? I'm going to rain manna down. And I'm going to, see, what did the manna do? The manna strengthened them and it sustained them. And if you keep reading, it, it did this for 40 years. 40 years. God sustained them and strengthened them. But what we have to see is they had to go out every day. Every day they had to go out. I'm so grateful that Jesus, according to John, became our living bread. I'm so grateful in John chapter 6, Jesus became our living bread that came down from heaven. Every day they had to go out. And just enough for that day. I think we put this in relation in Jesus's prayer. You know, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth. Give us this day what our daily bread. You know, every day, every day. That, that means that the children of Israel for 40 years, every day, they needed to be dependent upon God. Every day they had to be dependent upon God. Every day they had to have faith in God that that manna was going to be there when they woke up in the morning. Every day. And they knew that if they gathered enough on that sixth day, there was going to be enough for two days. They had to have faith in that. So I want you to see that as we walk with God, it has to be a daily thing. Every day, walk with God. Every day, get in this word. Every day, humble yourself every day under his hand. Humble yourself under this word every day. Humble yourself under this. Jesus is the word made flesh. Bring yourself under this word every day. Commit some some part every day to this word. Whether it's just one scripture, commit to it. One scripture, read it. One chapter. Five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, an hour a day, whatever it is. But I'm telling you, walking with God is about bringing yourself under this word. Every day. Every day. And I believe as we get in this word every day, when you face challenges, you're going to know what to do. You're going to say, oh, I read that today. Yeah, I, I was, I was, yeah, the Lord had me read that book today. That was the manna I needed for that day. And when that situation arose, I knew how to deal with that situation. But you know what? You're not going to know. We're not going to know how to deal or handle situations if we don't have fresh manna. Fresh manna. As a pastor, I don't, I don't want to give you know, whoever's standing up here. I, I don't want Sunday go by or Wednesday go by that you get something that's stale. Because I know, just like, I, I need fresh manna. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. It strengthened them and sustained them. 
Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Just time for two more scriptures. First Peter five. First Peter five. So how shall we live while we're waiting for the coming of the Lord? Thank you, Father. Walking with God is walking in humility. Thank you, Father. First Peter chapter 5. And go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke 12. Thank you, Father. Humility. Thank you, Father. Walking with God is humility. And humility is a key to victory and a key key to promotion in your life. 1 Peter 5, verse 5. says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud... And he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to them. He resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. You see, when you humble yourself to come to his manna every day, I believe through a period of time, through your life, you're going to see him elevate your life. I'm telling you, he has elevated my life over the last 26 years. But it wasn't because Justin was so great. It was because of this word. And anytime I failed, it's because I've operated outside of this word. But when I've humbled myself and brought myself under this word, it causes him to lift you up. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he, he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your care upon you for, upon him, for he cares for you. Cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So humble myself and he will exalt me. Cast my care because he cares for me. Be sober, be vigilant because the enemy goes about as a roaring lion. Hallelujah. Now let's look at Luke 12. Luke 12. Thank you, Father. Remember that. Be awake, be alert. How should we live in the last days? Awake and alert. Verse 35 says, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. How should we live while we're waiting for his return? Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. And you yourself like unto the men that wait for the Lord. When he returned from the wedding... That when he comes and knocks, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find watching. Very I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And he shall come in the second watch. And if he come in the second watch or if he comes in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know that if the good men of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not had suffered his house to be broken through. 
Be therefore ready also for the son of man comes at an hour when you think not. See, what is this about? This waiting, waiting, waiting is what humility be awake, be alert because your enemy goes about as a roaring lion. He goes, if they had only known what watch he was coming in, they would have been, they would have been ready. But my, my thing to you as I close tonight is be ready. Walking with God is living a life of humility and living a life of humility is about being ready, being ready, being ready. How do we need to live while we're waiting for his return? Be ready, be humble, be ready. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And we thank you that it equips us, it strengthens us, it empowers us. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that all of us tonight, we bring ourselves under the word. We bring ourselves under the word of God tonight. We bring ourselves under your revealed will. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for having your way in each one of our lives. Lord, I I just declare, I believe that every one of us are rising up to another level. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not about your, it's not about our good works. It's not about doing strength and doing things in our own ability. But it's about bringing ourselves under. Bringing ourselves under his mission. Bringing ourselves under him. Waiting upon the Lord. Hallelujah. Everyone repeat this after me. Tonight, I receive this word into my heart. I receive this encouragement to walk humbly before God. To live in compliance to God's word. I choose tonight to live ready. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.